Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I'm excited today um, to give uh, more e- information on equipping. Yay! You know, the Holy Spirit is... Um, He's a really good equipper. You know, I was listening to this message from Bill and he made a couple of statements that I wanted to mention. He said that the Holy Spirit woke me up the other day and was saying to me, what kinds of questions did Jesus ask people? And I I don't know if you know this, but Jesus asked 135 questions around there. Some of them he repeated right? Listen, I'm telling y'all, there is a spirit in this room to make everybody be really focused on themselves. And that's because I'm about to deliver a message about getting yourself off your mind. So I want y'all to break that off of you right now because you're not going to be able to hear what I say because you're going to be so focused on you and how you feel. And so I don't know if you're hot or hungry or don't feel good or have a headache, but that's a spirit that's from, sent from the enemy today to come against this word that we have today. And so it ain't nothing else. So right now you just need to partner your heart with the Holy Spirit because otherwise this whole word's going to be delivered and you're going to miss out on the Kairos moment of anointing to receive it. And so right now, Papa, I just break us free right now to hear and I break that spirit that is trying to come against us in all kinds of ways. And I just say that you have no effect on us. Come on, bro, in Jesus' name. Um, Remember that... That there's just things that have to be said at the opportune time. It's not so much about how you feel about it. It's just about the Holy Spirit just needs to say things at certain moments of time because He's releasing a, a surge of His anointing over what He's saying. And so, you know, sometimes we get so captivated in just how we feel on a physical level, an emotional level what we're going to do later level. I mean, I got stuff to do later too. You know, I'm hungry right now too. You know, I have a headache right now too. My leg is hurting me really bad right now. So I, but don't, we don't care. Can y'all do that? That's part of the equipping process is being able to move past how you feel to hear what the assignment. And so that's my job. I'm an equipper today. Okay. And so I love what Bill said. Listen to this. He said that, um, I want to say it in context. Um, he said that um, God is more interested in us learning to hear him than in patterns. You know, so that's why, you know, I, I, I don't even love to teach on personalities or spiritual gifts or offices because then we all want this pattern that we don't have to think, right. you know, and so that we, and it's almost like we put God in that box where we say, okay, well, God, you did it like this last time. And, and really, and this is what he said. He said that sometimes in the place of learning to hear God, we choose patterns and principles to live by because we haven't yet learned to hear him in the moment, in the moment that 
that moment needs. So like, if I know my personality and I say, well, I don't really like to go out and pray for people, then God's probably going to send me out to pray for somebody. You know, when I was, I don't go to the grocery store anymore, but I went the other day to get my girls some snacks and for their trip. And that's when I saw the COVID hat man. But I really, it was Vincent and Tessa's what God told me that was them 70 years from now, you know, where <laughs> Vincent's got that COVID hat on. You know, that's what that is, you know, it was, it was really. But when I asked him, I said, man, this is a strange sight I'm seeing here because, I mean, it was right out in the middle of everything. And I was just like, I know this isn't circumstantial. And so when he said that about that our minds are meant to flourish on the outside. And so that's why when we're tormented in our minds, he has to make it new. Yeah. And so, and so this is good, right? So he says that Jesus's questions pointed to things that Jesus knew people already knew, but weren't yet obeying. Because see, once God gives us the information, we're then responsible for it. That's not a mean guy. That's not mean that because see, his heart is more that you can stay focused on your assignment every day, no matter if some... I mean, let's be honest, who can get off their own mission when they have a physical problem? Who can get off their own mission when they have a relationship problem? Who can get off their own mission when they have a job problem? Who can get off their own mission? I mean, Jack said something the other day that something at work happened to her that would have made her mad. And I looked at that and I was thinking, well, Jack, that's your job. How can that make you mad? I mean, it's literally her job is to be interrupted every second of every day, but being interrupted makes her mad. And I'm like going, well, how can that, where did that get in your mind that like, that's an easy fix, but I understand it because I was choleric one time <laughs> and you know, my boss would come in and make me change this spreadsheet. It took me seven minutes, you know, back in 1980. Six make, it took a long time to save files. And so he'd make me make a change and I have to wait for 10 minutes for that file. And I didn't want any changes. That's the same, that's the same lesson she's learning. Do you see that our personalities are just indicators of what we need to adjust because it keeps reoccurring, right? But see, when she gets over that, she's going to see a whole new world of stuff she can't ever see. I mean, I'm going to pick on Gwen. Gwen's got it at work too. What makes Gwen mad people? Who God called to people, who she called to people, but they make her mad because why she sits in judgment, right? Of what they're doing or she wants to self-protect and she wants to protect them. It's not even her job. And so see, when we get outside of our role, I'm just picking on them today because I can, when we get outside of our role, then we experience so much more frustration and we forget why we're even on the planet. We forget what life's about, right? And so I liked what he said, though, was that obedience attracts the voice of God for greater things. So you want, so I'm telling them this today because they're going to go to work tomorrow and they're going to have an experience where in the moment that God's about to speak, she's going to start not liking what's going on and she's going to not like being interrupted. And that's the moment that God's speaking. And so when they lean into, okay, I'm feeling this. Are y'all cold? Just, just cold. Okay. When you lean, 
thing. You know, we're all bundling up. And I'm like, man, I'm fixing to get hot. So when you lean up against this thing and it pushes up against that pressure, the thing in you that's reason why it's even pressure is because he's trying to smash it on out. So it reoccurs over and over and over again. And every personality is very similar. All cholerics get frustrated by people. All melancholies, they don't like stupid people. All phlegmatics, they don't want to be bothered if they don't feel good. Don't bother me. I've got a thing going on, right? I need a nap. Clearly, I'm hungry. I mean, something about me is really important. My head hurts. I don't know. And the sanguine doesn't know any of this is going on. (laughs) They don't know any details. They don't know any repeating patterns. It's just not a thing, right? That's why they're married to melons. So... Before Cece comes, though, and reads her word, I'm going to actually preach about her word, I think. But I wanted to read this little snippet from this book I'm reading called Indestructible. And it's about spiritual warfare. And it's about understanding really why we're on the planet and why the enemy is so against us. When we understand that the battle isn't between God and Satan, it's between us and Satan, really. Right? It's in whose report will you believe? Will you believe the lie of the enemy that, that you're alone, and that you're rejected, that you can't ever get over hurt, you can't ever remember to do it right, you keep failing? Or are you going to realize that that's just a counterfeit for what God is really going to use you in? I've determined that everything the enemy lied to me about when I was younger is everything now that I say truth about. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, I remember thinking that well here's that's why i that's why he was counterfeiting it and we get so focused on the counterfeit but this is what he said people have a built-in need to succeed we need to be good at something we need to contribute to our environment and community in meaningful ways we need to be significant everybody needs that listen if you don't remember anything about me before i die I wanted you to realize your significance to the kingdom. And like I said, even if you're not good at doing it, your gift still, you're still doing it. You do it poorly, and then you have a lot of cleanup, and you become a professional apologizer, but it's just your gift in operation, and you don't even understand it. That's all that's going on. Let's don't make it some big other something, okay? He said, while this need can be twisted to trick us into being selfish, power-hungry, and unhealthy performance, healthily performance-oriented, it's still a God-designed need. I think Cece said it. I remember years ago she said to me, I just really want to make an impact. I was like, I can work with that. If I'm just going to self-protect, I, can, I don't know. I can't work with that because you, you're... Your ability to make an impact is outside of your need to self-protect. They don't, you can't do both. In fact, let me just say this, that God is really going to invite you into a place that challenges that self-protection. And hopefully you'll be around people that won't allow it. You know, you know, remember when you used to collect people that would, birds of feather that would allow it? And you would, you know, when you felt bad, you'd call them. You mean, I don't, I don't feel like going to work today. And they'd be like, oh, baby, you don't have to go work. 
No one else would go when they feel that bad. Just stay home. You don't need to go work. You just need to rest. You just played too hard. You went down to sulfur and you don't feel good now. And you just stay home. That's that's the, He begins to sow that seed in there. He begins to sow some seed that keeps you outside of your assignment. And the more you focus and the more you think, yeah, I do feel bad. Oh, I feel horrible. Yeah, I feel yeah. Oh, my gosh. Before you know it, you can't even get out of bed and nothing even happened. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors. We do not feel in alignment with our kingdom identity if we're not conquering. First level of conquering is just you and how you feel. I mean, I don't know if y'all want to go to heaven and say to God, guess what? I got good news for you, Jesus. I got over myself a couple of times while I was on earth. And he's like, super. For it, I'm for it, I'm for it. However, I had a little more in mind, like healing some cancer and taking in some orphans and giving them destiny. I had a little more in mind because the greater stuff than Jesus was a little more what I had in mind. And see, we just get so sucked into ourselves, like, oh my gosh, does no one understand me? I'm telling you, this is just stuff I've been hearing all week, so I'm just helping you. This is a free commercial. We don't feel in alignment unless we're conquering. That's why God gave us an enemy. Ain't he sneaky? He stuck in you the need to conquer, and then he gave you an enemy. Ain't he sneaky? He put in you the need to conquer, and he gave you an enemy. And then he gave you every tool to defeat him. And he gave the enemy nothing. He stripped him of everything. That's why the kingdom tools are weird. Are your hands heavy? Get them up. What? How can I? They're heavy. Some of y'all just probably need to stay here with your hands up all the whole time I'm preaching. Because listen, it's the only thing that conquers heaviness. See, the things of the kingdom conquer the things within our flesh and in our lives that way we're meant to. But we don't use them. We want to wait till we feel good. Well, when I feel good, I'll raise my hands. When I feel better, I mean, I'm just really, you know, my, my stomach's not feeling good, you know. We're just coming up with all these reasons not. And then we never do put them to the test to see if they work. He said, many people I meet feel stuck in this area, unsure of what direction to go or what to conquer. He says, there's thousands of self-help books out there, as we know, about how to change your career, find your career, build a business. And I'm sure that many of them have good information. In my experience, the best source of direction flows from our relationship with God and is reinforced by our community. So see, that's my issue with just reading another book. I still read them. Obviously, I'm reading this book. But it's not God's voice. He may speak through it, but it's not this relationship I have with Him where He breathes on me and I, I obey. And then 
like I've been saying, our gift only works in a community. Okay, so let's just say, for instance, your gift is encouragement. Well, you've probably have been critical before. Right? So find a bunch of other critical people. And what begins to happen? You find new things to criticize. More stuff bugs you. You keep running into the wrong food at the restaurant. You keep getting in the slow line at the grocery store. You keep getting your bank draft is overdrawn. Bank account is overdrawn. All these weird things. that Cheryl said it on Wednesday. People literally come up and say, how did that happen? It just keeps happening. I keep running into the same cycle. For her, it's like, what do you mean? Did you, did you eat it? Drink it? Buy it? Are you wearing it? That's how it happened. All of those were in this column, and all of this is in this column. You did more of these than these. It just seems simple, right? And that's the way it is in the kingdom. It's the same exact way. So he said, God, he said this, God designed you to live from glory to glory, to be successful and talented in specific areas of life. Intimacy with him will reveal what parts of his nature he has placed in you. That's why you have to be snugged up because you have to see yourself in the nature of how he made you. Listen, when you were adopted by your parents from God, they instilled in you. Are you with me? They instilled in you their nature. Good or bad, I don't know. They instilled their nature in you. Some of y'all have spent the rest of your life trying to get over a nature that was in one of your parents that isn't even how you feel, isn't even how you believe. It just, you just hear it. When a situation arises, you hear that. Right? And that affects what we do. He says, the scripture says it's contemplating his glory that transforms us into his image contemplating, looking at it, thinking about it. Do you understand it? No. Will you ever understand it? Probably not. But that doesn't mean don't look at stuff. Keep looking at the stuff of God you don't understand. Because why? It has transformative power. Since when you build healthy and full friendships, your friends will see things in you that you would never have seen in yourself. They will partner with you and help you find the connections you need to be a fulfilling and live a victorious life. Friends, right friends. Living victoriously is not just about living free from the attacks of the enemy. It is about partnering in the release of God's goodness on earth. That to me sums up what we're going to talk about today. This part of this equipping today is to be able to not... Just fight off yourself, fight off the enemy, be exhausted all day long because you think bad stuff, you read the word and it makes you feel guilty, you just busy yourself by shopping or talking on the phone or looking on YouTube or playing the game. You're just busy, busy, busy doing anything but beholding Him. And see, without that understanding of why we're here, this is the next level. You don't even know what it looks like to be post this is, we're, we've just entered into, there are going to be lots of hatred on one side, lots of rejoicing on the other side, and then we just want to be on God's side. Yes. And God knew this would happen, knew this would be released, and when he releases something, 
then he actually empowers us to do something different that wasn't available before. You, do you understand? There are going to be states that set up killing centers. So we better have a life center set up. There are going to be states that advertise, come here to kill your baby. That's not what they're going to say. But they're going to, do you understand that? Did you know our governor went on and said, not here? Yes! Don't get caught up in the rhetoric that it's somehow opposing women. There's all kinds of stuff. You, everything can be taken to extreme. Everything can be ruined. Even God's blood can be ruined. We can distort anything. But if you aren't on God's side, if you don't know what God has called you to do, you don't know what He's doing right now, you're going to miss this moment. It doesn't mean that every single one of you need to take everything I'm saying. You go build some monument out of it. That's what the Tower of Babel people did. It's about breathing into and praying into this next season because it's just been open to us. You know, God gave Did you know it was God's mercy that actually let that leak to let us know what was coming? And so you have to think about what have you done in your heart since that was leaked? God's beginning to speak with me immediately about well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to build? See this, we're building teams right now. We're, we're building up resources right now. I'm just, we're establishing a counseling and healing center here. We're going to do more healing. We're going to do more things. We've got to realize that that's what God's on the move for. And then we got to do something with his little children that are going to be coming in that have had no place to go. Yeah. Right? Come on, Mendel, give us some instruction. Thank you, Jesus. Well, can we do something first before we get started? See, I think it's now you're all up here, and that feels weird to me. I'm like, where'd everybody else go? But now move back, and then when Tisa comes back up, you move back up. Okay. But before we go on, because there's so much in this pivotal point in history that's happening, but before we go on, can we just all stand up? and give God a really big thank you shout just for the fact that this pivotal turn has taken place. It was only by his decree that this happened on Friday that Roe v. Wade was overturned. So let's just give him a big, big shout of thank you, okay? For the day the day finally came thank you that we were here at this point in time we got to see your victory take place we got to see it not just hear about it and hope for it and pray for it but we got to see see your victory impact the earth thank you papa thank you jesus thank you holy spirit thank you thank you so good. Thank you guys for joining me in that. It's like it was super important. There's so much to be done and so much to do, but man, we've got to really celebrate what has been done. And I know like last Wednesday, I think it was, we were singing about, um, you know, I know that you're the one who makes the blind to see and you're the one who makes the lame to walk and you'll do it for me. And he was talking to me a lot about 
that about his victory and how he prophesied his victory long ago. You know, he talked, he prophesied the day that Roe v. Wade would be overturned. It was prophesied into the atmosphere. It was, it was prophesied um, from, you know, way back when. And so, but we got to be here the day that I just saw this thing about like his footprint, like impacted the natural earth. You know, it was like, bam, like, it's never going to be the same. It's never going to be the same. And I, my heart is always crying out to see his impact on the earth in the natural, right? Like, I think we all are just hungry for that. And so it was such a powerful thing that happened. I mean, with all that's going on in the world, I'm sure there were a lot of people out there that thought, we're very hopeless about it and thinking very negatively about it. But God is doing something. God is doing something. It's been said and we're, we're starting to see um, what he's been saying come to pass. So I have a, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me through a few different things and I wrote a word about all of it. And I'm going to read it in parts, I think, and then share a few little nuggets that I found on it. So the first thing I read, I wrote was that Friday when Roe v. Wade was reversed by the Supreme Court, I knew in my spirit that Jesus' final words on the cross were reverberating across our nation. Teteleste is how you say it in the Greek. Teteleste is what he said in the Greek on the cross. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. It was as if I heard God Almighty himself amplify those words that were spoken in our history. It was like Seriously, like I had this impression that he was like, took a moment of history and amplified it so we could all hear it at this present time. So he impressed upon me that those very words are still circling the earth right now, that they are moving in our atmosphere constantly, impressing their power on our landscape, shaping the world around us and the way we see it constantly. It was finished the day Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected, but the impact of his sacrifice and resurrection. Yes, I can. It was finished. It was finished on the day Jesus died on the cross. Put this back here. Probably. But the impact of his sacrifice and resurrection, of his victory, has not yet made its complete impression on our world. The kingdoms of this world still resist the full impact of his words, teteleste, teteleste. Isn't that a cool word? Teteleste. But sons and daughters are awakening. Sons and daughters of the one true God are arising from their slumber to reach up and take hold of his finished work. Their eyes are opening to see his words still filling their atmosphere and they're grabbing hold of it to tell us they they're reach breathing this word into their own lungs and releasing it once again, backed by the authority given to man. That was an incredibly powerful picture that that we've got to recognize our role in, that he released the word. He did the work. He paid the price. All of the work was done. It was finished. But are we partnering in our authority as mankind to s declare it again over the things of the earth? And so that's what I'm seeing was happening was that 
that, I mean, God was just saying it is finished. I mean, I just heard this in my spirit in such a powerful way. It is finished. Roe v. Wade is finished. It is finished. Now, interestingly, I'd heard some, I was listening to some people talk and they had just shared, I just heard this the night before the announcement, but how many um, different aspects of our current world, okay, in the financial industry, in the pharmaceutical industry, and in the medical industry, all these different industries, right, all the mountains, seven mountains, um, that there were all of these things that were implemented in 1971 and those first early 70s years. And it all pointed to this overall agenda that Tisa referenced it earlier that was put into place all those years ago. So for our entire lifetimes, okay, that the, these agendas were put into place, including Roe v. Wade. And then the next day, I'm like, I hear Roe v. Wade was overturned, right? And I could just see it's just going to be a domino effect. Those same big boulders that were established back in the early 70s are toppling. They are going to topple in the financial industry, the pharmaceutical industry, in the political realm, in the entertainment realm, in our families, all of these things. Like this was a, we have to recognize this was a, there were deliberate agendas put in place because as Tisa said, the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. We don't have to be shocked about what he's doing right now because he's, it says clearly that's what he wants to do, steal, kill, and destroy. So he's been trying to do it all this time. So we don't have to be afraid of just now we're actually seeing different methods, right? It's coming, it's being um, revealed to us. So it's so exciting. It is finished is a prophetic word. Tetelaste is a prophetic word that carries the power. And the more we partner with that, the more we will see it happen in the natural. And so I was really curious about this. I just felt the impact of that word. And I, I looked it up in the Greek. And of course, it means it is finished. It's complete. It's paid for. And I looked it up in the Passion Translation. And Brian Simmons, you know, refers to the Hebrew language. And so I don't know how to pronounce it, something like kala, kala. And there's, there's like four root words that are connected to what he said on the cross. But it, listen to the definitions. Um, I'm just going to read some of them, okay? Some of the words, to be complete, at an end, finished, accomplished, spent, annihilated, it's been consumed, brings to pass, comes to an end, ceased, come to an end, complete, completely gone, consumed, decided, demolished, destroyed, determined, devoured, died, ended, exhausted, exterminated, failed, finished, languish, longed, all of these, okay? Make an end, perish, plotted, put an end. Some other ones are Interestingly, a desire and a longing. Okay, interesting. But then we go back to completion, complete destruction, consumption, annihilation. Okay. Destroy, destruction, entirely, a full end. These are the things we're proclaiming when we partner with the truth that it is finished. But listen to this other one, daughter-in-law bride. Isn't that interesting? So Brian, trans, Brian Simmons translates in that scripture in John 1930, 
that Jesus says, it is finished, my bride. And so I felt this, something slightly different goes along with it when I was reading this and what the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, that they're kind of one and the same. The fact that it is finished and is his reference to his bride are one and the same. It was like a, the way I saw it was almost like a birthing, a birthing of an error. Like it, it has been done. You were birthed. Like it has been done. My bride is here. It has been done. It is complete. My bride has the power. It has been done. My bride is powerful and active and has momentum. It was like a, a dualistic announcement that it is done. And here's my bride. It is done, and my children are on the earth. My sons and daughters are on the earth and fully empowered to finish the work, to fulfill the finished work. And there may be more to that, but that's what I got so far on it, okay? But a powerful, powerful word that God is saying to Telestay, Kala, it is finished. It is time for us to partner as sons and daughters with the truth of the fact that it is finished. It is not something that we're waiting on to happen. We're waiting in the natural, but the, it's that thing, the victory has already been accomplished. Darkness has already been overcome. We as the body of Christ just haven't been in position to reinforce what has already been finished, to reinforce the law. I love the rule followers and the people that are you know, love to be on the right side of the law because we're on the right side of the law. So we have to realize like God of the universe had laws of nature put in place and we're on the right side of that. Like we have all the power. We have all the power. And so this is a victorious time, not just because one law was overturned, not just because one bill, but because the sons and daughters of God are awakening and are on the move with the realization of the finished work of the cross. This is just the beginning of so many things toppling, toppling in this world. Okay, so I'm going to keep reading. An era is coming to an end. An ungodly agenda is dying as godly sons and daughters join the Savior and saying, it is finished. Much will be discovered. Much will be uncovered. Much will remain in this passing away that will need to be sorted. The abortion of babies ending in the natural is symbolic of an end coming to abortion in the spirit. For far too long, religion has aborted new believers in Christ. As abortion is seen for what it truly has been in the natural, a sacrifice to the demonic, so will it be seen in terms of the spirit. Christians, in name only, have been leading God's newly conceived believers to a sacrificial altar that is nothing less than demonic in nature. As a result, God's children have found themselves in bondage to shame, guilt, condemnation, hopelessness, just to name a few taught to live as orphans with a seemingly unfulfilled promise, they squander their inheritance and wander away from the Father. Those have been aborted new believers. And the Holy Spirit told me this very clearly. You know, the natural just is symbolic. It represents what's going on in the spirit. And he's saying that's coming to an end. Just like abortion is coming to an end in the natural, this aborting of his children, of his new believers, is coming to an end. 
And that's what you can see. We just prayed into that this morning. Lenny got up and prayed and offered all this. We're all still breaking, having to break that stuff off and get free and be made whole again and be returned to the innocent children of God that we really are. It's been said that with the end of Roe v. Wade, we are about to enter into the greatest adoption movement in history. There will be a vast influx of babies needing to be raised that will otherwise be left as orphans. Much the same, a massive tide of unaborted new believers will soon be coming to the body of Christ. Who will be there to guide them, equip them, and help them find their God-assigned position within the body? Who will be ready and available to adopt these newborn believers? Who will be ready and available to be the mothers and fathers to them, to teach them how to be led by the Holy Spirit, how to remain steadfast in his leading and their purpose, to stand strong as those in the world but not of it? I propose it's for such a time as this that you are here, that you are hearing this word, that your journey has led you to this specific time and place. Now, I know we talk about it because we've been on this before most of us knew what we were on, okay? Awakening sons and daughters. (laughs) Tisa, Pam, and Lenny, I know they knew it. And then a few others of us came along and we've kind of been slowly you know, figuring it out. But I'm telling you, that's why One Life exists. This is why. This is why. In his mercy and love, God knew that this season that we are entering into would be coming. And so he made a house that would be ready to adopt his new believers, his those unaborted believers, those people that still have actually had just a pure Um, conception of in their own hearts of Jesus and becoming new believers, new members of the body of Christ, and they haven't been aborted. And they're going to come looking. There's people that are, you guys know it, you've been going out, right? You're meeting these people out on the streets. They're hungry and they're going to need mothers and fathers. So what we've been preparing for is not just for us to live a little more peacefully and, and sleep better at night and to feel good about what we're doing with our lives, but it's for a purpose. God prepared all of this for all of these years for this point in time. I mean, I'm telling you, if you just think about the natural being symbolic of what's happening in the spirit, naturally we know if all of these abortions are made illegal, they're by default. It's easy to imagine how many babies are going to be up for adoption, right? There's going to be a massive number of newborn children, children in general, that will need to be adopted. We can see that easily in our minds. I'm telling you, it's going to be the same in the spirit. It's going to be same in the term in the Christian world, okay? There's going to be a massive number of people, not just a few stragglers, but a massive number of people coming that need that parenting. So that brings me to a dream I had the night before last. And in the dream, um, a man had died, an old man, an older man had died. And I recognized that there were some things that weren't quite so savory about him. You know, there were some things that weren't so nice about him. And, but he had died. And now we were having to go through his house to clean it out and, you know, get the house ready to sell and that kind of thing. And we were warned that some of the stuff we might find 
may not be so nice, might be a little upsetting or disturbing. So uh, this man and I went to this one part of the house that had um, a connected attic to it, and we were going to start working on that part. And we found out that this man had, the man who had died had this collection, that he'd collected costumes and had them all stored, and it was like a hoarding type situation, you know. So there were a massive number of costumes and things that went along with costumes that he had collected over the years, and so we were now going to try to clean that out. So the man was doing the heavy lifting of taking the stuff and, and setting it outside, and I said, I'm a really good sorter. I can help sort that so we can make some sense of what we're seeing here. And um, you, you just do the heavy lifting and I'll sort over here. Like we'll divide and conquer. So I started taking everything he got, he handed me from this attic and setting it in different so and places on the driveway to try to, you know, categorize them. Like, well, these go together and these could go together, that kind of thing. And the, the man kept asking me, do you, are you sure you don't want me to help you with that? Because, you know, it's a lot. And I was like, nope, you do the heavy lifting, just do that part, I'll take care of this. Well, as time went on, like the entire driveway had been filled up and I was out of places to put new categories. Like I could not sort this, it was so much to sort. In my own ability, I couldn't do it. And so I finally conceded in the dream and asked, and the man kept offering to help me. And I said, yes, I need some help. I can't sort this myself. So I asked the Holy Spirit about the, this dream. And, I, and this is what I wrote about that. Those newly adopted into the family of God, they will come with masks, costumes, and all manner of coverings from the world's culture. I should add that the attic in the dream dictionary refers to the mind, their thoughts, history, past issues, family history, and the spirit realm. So when we talk about costumes and masks and things that were stored in their thoughts and their minds and their history, family history, just the past. So those newly adopted in the family of God will come with masks, costumes, and all manner of coverings from the world's culture. There will be much to discover, much to uncover, and much to sort through. Papa God is saying that he can do more than the heavy lifting of bringing his children into this family. It's not on us alone to sort through the many collections brought with those to the new family of God. He is emphasizing the importance in this hour of being well-versed, well-practiced, and Holy Spirit-led discernment. We must be those who consistently resist the urge to operate with toxic righteousness through human reasoning. We must resist the urge to take sides through our own judgment in the battles we see rage around us, and instead prove our trustworthiness in consistently serving in God's army on all matters. Our adopted sons and daughters will need this kind of unwavering leadership to rely on. They will need those who are steadfast in always pointing to what God is doing and what is on God's heart despite the ebb and flow of what the world calls right and wrong at any given moment. 
This is that reinforcement of the message he gave us just a week or so ago about when Joshua saw the man with the sword. He said, well, whose side are you on, mine or my enemies? And he was like, I'm not, neither. I'm on God's side. I'm with God's army. That just keeps being emphasized to me over and over. We've, you've got to get a grip on that picture. Picture that for yourself and apply that to your daily operation. We've got to learn how to be really, really, really good at that, where that's our default instead of this defaulting to the other human reasoning, our you know, judgment in our own thing, like Pam prayed about earlier, the two opinions. There's gonna this time in this world, like Tisa said, God is crushing the spirits that have been oppressing and, and causing so much distortion in people. Those people are gonna come up without knowing what in the world's going on. I mean, the world is a wreck. It's a mess. People have been so misled in so many different ways, and they're in so many different kinds of bondage. We are not going to be able to, on our own, in our own reasoning, be able to sort through what they come in with and what needs to be addressed first, what needs to be confronted versus loved. Or, you know, it's just going to be, it's going to be more than anything we've ever seen. And, and so he's saying, we've got to learn to operate this. Can we be the one who says, I'm not on your side or their side. I'm not neutral. I'm on God's side. And being neutral is another enemy tactic. Not neutral. We don't want to be neutral. But we are on God's side of whatever God needs to happen, needs to happen in that moment. That's whose side we're on in any given moment. I love how in the... I've, I've mentioned a few times and I'm reading this story that takes place in the Civil War. And so they're talking about all their training and they did all like months and months of training before they ever went into battle. And they would just repeat the drills over and over again. You know, they don't even know why they're doing these drills of how to walk in formation and all that. But, you know, that's what we need to be doing right now. We need to be doing the drills. We need to be checking ourselves in our current situations in life and saying, am I operating in my own reasoning right now? Or am I using discernment? Am I finding out what God wants in this moment? Because we need to be well-versed at this. Like this is second nature to us. Because the enemy will be quick to, um, you know, offend us in a certain area or, or, you know, scare us in another way or make us feel like we've got to set a boundary when what we really need to do is love in that moment. We've got to know the difference. Because he's saying he is ending the abortion of new believers. And so this is a critical time and a critical position for us to be in. And all this training and equipping that we've had here is so perfect. Like we have been positioned here for such a time as this, literally. It's, it's not just something to be excited about and make you feel good, but this is literally for this purpose, literally for this purpose. And so let's just press in even more and practice this discernment. I was just telling Tisa earlier that I so, I'm so hungry to be practiced at this myself in every decision. And just while talking with her in the green room, I realized that I'm starting to learn and be able to discern when I'm listening to a program that's feeding me versus a program that's doing something not good in me, stirring up fear or something. And I'm talking about both of them being Christian programs, both of them quoting scripture, both of them talking about the same subject, both of them on the same side you, that you would think. 
and being able to discern which one, both of them prominent names who are respected in the Christian world, you know, but like what we've, I've been learning and recognizing that I'm discerning when what's happening in me and in certain moments. And he told me in that moment that he's like, well, that's your practicing. You're practicing because just like I can start to discern that when I'm watching or listening to a podcast, I can start discerning that in my own thoughts too. I can say, does this thought associated with something where I can feel, feel God breathing on that, that there's freedom and there's peace and there's power on that? Or is this stirring up fear in me? And, and we're going to need to be able to do that with our thoughts and what we're seeing in our natural eyes and what we've got to perceive first and foremost with discernment and make that the thing that leads us in all of our decisions. So let's be like the man with the sword. He's ready and powerful, just that Joshua ran into the man with the sword. He was going to do some stuff. He was prepared for battle, but he wasn't picking sides amongst the people. He was on God's side, and that's such a powerful picture for us today. So let's welcome Tisa back. Y'all have a little more in you? If you don't, just leave. Okay. Listen, I think that um, I love how the Holy Spirit just spoke all of that to her, you know, knowing her. And um, she really came out of a really um, hard week last week, uh, Cece did. And so I always know when he's brewing, though, you know, used to, um, we would, I would partner with Breezy and she had a little indicator at her house, too, of what the Holy Spirit's saying, but when she was talking, the Holy Spirit was really, um, he was talking to me about timing and, you know, in my own life, the Lord spoke something to me a year ago and it was something that he spoke to me to do and it involved other people. And, um, I couldn't get everyone to agree and, um, but now I can see why he wanted to do us to do that thing last year, but we didn't do it. We didn't get it done. So now it's going to cost more. It's harder. It's, you know, it's it, but I, but at the same time, because he's merciful, he is, he does work things out in people when we miss the timing of God. And so it's not like all is lost kind of thing, but it's just that, that the timing of God is so important. And I, I'm just saying this prophetically that I feel like that there's some people in here today, specifically, that God has spoke to you about doing some things and you can't see your way around the corner because you need to know more information and you need it to feel a certain way. But I'm just telling you from experience that if you delay, that there'll be a greater cost and we just don't want to do that because the assignments of God um, have to intersect with his timing. And I just want to shoot it to you straight. If we don't line up with his timing, he will use somebody else because he will have his way. Can I tell you that in my lifetime, there have been, there have been movements of God. And see, that's why the enemy loves to counterfeit God with movements of his own. And the enemy makes a bigger splash with his movements because he has media backing. 
He owns the mountain immediate is what you have to understand. The enemy is at the top of the mountain of media. And so his agendas and movements get more airplay, more information, but it's all lies and it's all distortion. And so at the same time, God is moving. And God has movement. That's how he knows to counterfeit it. It's so dangerous for us to be caught up in the lies of the movements of the enemy. That's why the Lord woke me up with that the other day. Because we are. it consumes our time, our resources, our emotions, our relationships, our finances. It affects every single area because we're trying to satisfy the illusion of what the, what the movement stands for. But all along... God has a movement that he is going to usher in. And he said he was going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, and he's doing that. And so it's really important to understand that because of this season of great equipping, that he's inviting you into some decisions to actually bring you into some freedom. And so I don't know what that all has to do with for everybody in here, but I am just telling you that I know we missed it last year. I know we missed it. And so because that we missed it, now it's it's way harder. I mean, in fact, it's almost discouraging. In fact, I, I told Pam the other day, I said, I think I'm just going to forget it because it's so discouraging right now. But that you just don't want to go through that because then I have to get over myself I have to get over the discouragement to continue to lead. And then I have people that aren't for me. That's what it feels like. And see, that's what happens when we miss the timing of God is that it's just harder. Kairos timing of God brings about anointing and resources that you don't have outside that. And unfortunately, that's just going to be life. I mean, there's just going to be times you are in the timing of God and there's going to be times when you miss the timing of God. You know, my... I think right now I'm feeling this surge of the spirit that he just says, well, there's some things I've been speaking. There's some things and I've said it was now. And if you delay, it's just going to be harder. Do you receive that? Yes. I think just, I'm just going to end quickly, but I need to say a few more things. Um, I, I wanted to touch on what I said um, earlier that, um, that we have got to understand right now that God is raining down this powerful judgment of the Spirit. And it's such a good thing because we have, there's no need to fear in it. Absolutely zero fear. And so if I have fear about something that God is, because what, what is God's goal for the entire planet? It's just one thing that we would just know him, that we would be his people and he would be our God, that we would know he, you know, something different. You know, I can just say as a leader, it's such a great feeling to know that somebody is just with you, you know, that, that they're just going to, I mean, like I know till the day Shudi dies, she's with me. I just know that. I know till the day I die, I said, well, she's with me. It's just great. There's other people, of course, that are. But it's just such a great feeling because then I, ne- I invest 
and I lean in in a way like that this is this rug's not going to be pulled out from under me. Has anybody ever had rejection? You know that rug getting pulled out from under you feeling? We're all just we're just in self-protection then. We're all just like, well, I don't even know if you show any sign that, you know, you're not with me then, you know. And it's just not the family of God. It's not the way God wants to operate. And why was I saying that? Yes, yeah, so right now, thank you. Right now, because that God is going to send judgment, then you're going to see people who, and it's already been happening. You're going to see things and events that become exposed or that happen right underneath your nose that you have to have a different response to. And so when you see and hear of your friends and families that you've been praying and things start crushing them, things, the piano start dropping, it's time to rejoice because God will not crush a person, but he will not fund what's not him. And there's no other way for us to figure that out because as human nature, if it's going good, we're, we're golden. I mean, how many of you, I mean, when it's going good for me, I'm just like, man, this is time to press in. It's time to build. I mean, this is time to do something amazing. This is time to, because he's breathing, he's, favor is upon us. There is, there's anointing and favor. Let's run like crazy. You know, right now th that's going on with building. It is like, it's becoming so clear. Like we, we have something to run with and that's why it's so dangerous to stand off and be like, oh, I don't know if I really thought that was going to be that way. So I said that last week. We can't do that right now. And so because of that, then then God is, is going to begin to make room for his spirit. Do you understand that what keeps us from more of his spirit is because we have so many distractions? And so then where things were hard that we had to press into just with this presence, we had to just keep really pressing. I remember when we first went to the upper room, I mean, like it was, that was a crusty cracker. I mean, that thing was rough. I mean, y'all don't even know, you know, how crusty that was. You know, the, I mean, really at the house at 172, that thing was heaven on earth. I mean, like people would come in. I had people begged me not to leave the living room. I'm like, we got 42 chairs in here. We cannot get any more chairs in here. Right? I mean, to think that we could get 40 chairs in that room right now, when I look at it, I'm just thinking, I don't even know what the, we were, how, that, I mean, everybody must have been skinny or something. I don't even know how we got in here. But when we went to the upper room, it was different. But I don't know if you know this, but when we came here, it was different than when we went to the upper room. I mean, we are transforming businesses around here. Things happening. We have this authority we didn't have at the upper room. We were just hoping we weren't going to be in trouble down there or something. I don't know what we were doing. But it was just dr dusty and it was dry. And it was years and years and years and years of just pressing in. You know, I used to go up there and just walk around, walk around, walk around, just trying to break us loose. And so now... When you come in here and you pray, it doesn't take like an hour long of, come on, you know, I've been, just get all excited. You know, you don't have to, you know, do that. That's a sign of growth. It's a sign of maturity that when everyone, someone says pray, remember how Bill Johnson says he had the two hunting dogs, remember, and the one hunting dog, it would just like go on point and, and the other hunting dog didn't even see the bird, but it would just be on point. And he was saying when he would come into a service and he would see one of his leaders 
just having a moment in the spirit. He didn't even have to be feeling nothing. He just was having a moment too, just because that's what we do. And so I think that this is such a powerful time, you know, of, of realizing, I just wanted to make two points on, um, what I've been preaching on, uh, from first Peter, I think it's first Peter five, but one of the things that's going to be needed. And I think she talked about, I think I actually have a slide. See, well, I'm not sure if we want to throw that up there. Just hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah. Number 17. Um, that one of the things that God has been speaking to me about us as a tribe is about the ability to bring correction because he told me this, um, number 19 said, well, that correction is restoration. And so think about it just for a minute. I want you to practice this this week that, that you're here hearing me for a reason. Let's just act like you're completely restored. We don't have to have that conversation anymore. Okay, just for funsies. I know you may not be. But, you know, I, I like how Bill says, well, you know, someone says, well, I'll go out and heal the sick and make disciples when I get this all figured out in my own life. And he said, well, that's cool, but that's not what God said. Yeah. You know, yeah. what's the qualification for ministry? It's just to know him and to follow him. If we would practice more following him, and, and he wants, when we follow him, it's got to be in tiny little ways first. I mean, why would he think about what it would do to us as humanity if the first person you prayed for just fell out in the spirit and everything was healed and they were completely restored. And then the very next day you saw them, they were on TV preaching and you'd be like, I did that. I mean, I mean, Miss Finger did that. You know, I'm known around my house as the magic finger because I can fix electronical things. But really, it's I don't really fix it. I just know stuff. I just know stuff about how stuff works. So everybody want to have the magic finger in the spirit? You just got to know how stuff works in the spirit. Listen, you don't get to make up a way of how it works in the spirit. And the spirit's not changing. He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, we are all, I know you think you come into this knowledge of how good he is. He's always been stable. He's always been this fixed point. We are the ones that get new definitions, get new hats that look like little spiral things. We're the one changing. And so he's not changing one bit. There's nothing about him. Just when you come into this glorious understanding, you're like, whoa, this is the best thing ever. It was always there. It was always there. He's always been judging stuff. It's not even anything new. You have lived to tell about it. You've had personal judgment from God. You, it was good. You've had him tell, stuff, tell you stuff. You've had him correct and you were restored. Yes. And see, if we understand that's the purpose of correction, why would we hate it? It's part of the equipping process. Everyone who is equipped has been corrected, and everyone who wants to equip will correct. Yes. We've got to get out of our minds that it's anything but love. You know, I mean, Bro and I were just talking the other day, and um, he was telling me how he was 
not telling me something because he was helping me not be bothered by him telling me something. <laughs> and I was just like trying to follow him, trying to be like, now how's this that I'm feeling this way? And, and how are you saving me here? And how are you protecting me here? And how is that working out? And, and after a while, I was like, well, how about we do this? How about we don't do any of that? How about that if you're feeling something, you just tell me. And if it's too much for me in that moment, I will put pause, we'll push pause, we'll come back to it. Why don't you try not to think about all, and see, that's that I'm correcting him. I'm correcting him into restoring what? A relationship between me and him. Because he had come up with all these standards and ways, and it was helping Tisa so much, and it was doing all this stuff for Tisa, and Tisa never got to vote. And we do that. When I said we're not mentoring anymore, y'all did that. Y'all are like, oh, okay, talk to anybody now. That No one even said that. I clearly said the opposite of that. <laughs> and so see, that's what we do with instructions. Aren't we weird people? So when God says, I'm going to judge, if there's anything in you that is not good, change that. It's an invitation to change that so we can see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That's what I want to see. And so Cece's giving us this amazing word from God about this attic. Think about this for a minute. You know, I was just talking to Shudi and, and Cece because they're both in the over-responsible category. If you don't know if you're under or over, I am free to tell you if you really want to know. <sighs> anyway, there's some in the room that are under-responsibles that think they're over-responsibles, and that's a long way to come. That's a long journey for you, baby. That is such a long, 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 long journey. And there's some that are over-responsibles that I'm trying to get them to delegate, and that's a long, 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 long journey too. Because in their minds, when they, when they see something, they want to own it and, and, and be responsible, be a good steward of it. That's good ownership. Remember, ownership's your... And I'm trying to get them to train other people to own. And so you just find out where you are in that scale. But see, our dialogue is different when I see they've stepped into ownership outside of an area that I want them to look at. They both can just see stuff. They're like, hey, do you think that's okay? Hey, I like that. But then when they're like, I'll take it on. I'm like, no, you won't take that on. That is not under your umbrella. Get away from that. Because what are they doing? They're taking their well-sculptured, over-responsible muscle and insight and wisdom, and they're sticking it in a place where God's got someone else he's trying to build that same thing. And so what are they going to end up doing? They're going to end up making somebody weak. And so that's all of this is going on simultaneously in our little building thing. We're about to launch a couple of teams on Wednesday night. But, you know, there's other teams that this is a slow process. You know, you can't get together. You can't get your schedules worked out. Can't talk. Can't do. Remember what I said? That your time is not your own anymore. If you're going to build, you don't, your time is not your own. 
And, and we've got to make this shift because I'm telling you, he's wanting us to develop this for something we can't see yet. And don't be, don't do what we did when he told us something last year and we didn't do it. And now we're just, we're, it's straining at a net now. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. It's harder. I'm just telling you by experience. And so this is the time. This is what he's saying. He's saying, I'm bringing judgment. It's a good thing. So don't be nervous about when it falls. And I'm telling you who's coming. So where do you need equipping? Where, when she's talking, when that person with that stuff in that attic is coming, they got all those masks and costumes, where can you help? When I said that earlier about he's going to raise up organizations that will teach entire families how to be mothers and fathers. So they don't have to leave their children forever. They spend the rest of their life. Listen, I've counseled with women who have aborted children. I've counseled with women who have adopted children. I've counseled with all ins and outs of everything around every other kind of person. No woman who's aborted their child ever is celebrating and said, I got my rights. Zero of that. No woman who gave their baby up for adoption is like, well, I'm sure they're fine. They're just wishing that they had been ready. And so I can give you a whole history lesson on why it even got developed and what the church was doing in the meantime and what society was doing. It's the same thing that's happening right now. The church is having a response and society's going to have a response. And we want to be on God's side with our response. And he's telling us in advance, this is what you got to get equipped for. This is what you need to prepare for. This is what's coming. And we have to just decide, is that going to be inconvenient? What if somebody in this room, he said, you're going to be in charge of the entire center for adoption and they're going to live in a center with you and you're going to train them to be a mother and father. I mean, would you do it? Or is it just like, well, no, if it's all worked out and all the details are worked out and everybody and there's, I make enough money and all the facilities already purchased. And, no, what if you have to pioneer it? I mean, everybody can go be a part of something that's already done. Sure. Yeah, Chick-fil-A is a well-oiled machine. Yeah, we, my pleasure. Absolutely. <laughs> you want to go work there? You're not going to have to raise no money to work there. You're not going to have to go buy no buildings. You're not going to have to go get little uniforms and get those little fancy jackets when it's cold. You're not going to have to do any of that. Right? Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Let's stand up. Let's hold out our hands. Say, Papa, I'm asking for equipment today. Oh. For what you really want me to do with my life. Thank you for training me so far. But I know I'm meant for more. I know I'm meant for more. I know I'm meant for more. So I'm asking you today to equip me with your mercy, your love, your power, your favor, your anointing. I ask that you help me see beyond myself today. And I will obey those things you've been telling me. I will not delay. I repent for delaying today. But I will do them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com. Okay